A big infrastructure bill in the United States gets passed, and hydrogen plays a big part in it. And an article in the New York Times talks about how hydrogen can save aviation. All of this on today's Hydrogen Podcast. So the big questions in the energy industry today are, how is hydrogen the primary driving force behind the evolution of energy? Where is capital being deployed for hydrogen projects globally? And where are the best investment opportunities for early adopters who recognize the importance of hydrogen? I will address the critical issues and give you the information you need to deploy capital. Those are the questions that will unlock the potential of hydrogen, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Paul Rodden, and welcome to the Hydrogen Podcast. In a press release from Bill Cassidy, who is a United States Senator for Louisiana, Cassidy Coons Cornyn unveil infrastructure package to support hydrogen technologies for emissions reduction. Lawmakers introduced bipartisan package of legislation to incentivize adoption of hydrogen in key sectors and infrastructure build-out. On October 28th, U.S. Senators Bill Cassidy, Republican out of Louisiana, Chris Coons, Democrat out of Delaware, and John Cornyn, Republican from Texas, introduced the Bipartisan Hydrogen Infrastructure Initiative, a package of three bills to support the adoption of hydrogen in energy-intensive sectors. The bills are also co-sponsored by Senators Martin Heinrich, Democrat from New Mexico, and Ben Ray Lujan, Democrat from New Mexico. The release continues by saying hydrogen is a high-energy fuel source that does not emit greenhouse gases at the point of use, properties that allow it to be used in intense and long-duration applications. These traits make it an attractive fuel source, especially for hard-to-abate sectors like shipping and industry. As recent reports from Clean Task Air Force resources for the Future and Energy Futures Initiative have made clear, hydrogen is a sound solution for reducing emissions in sectors such as marine shipping, iron and steel, and industrial process heating. According to Dr. Cassidy, these research and grant programs for ports, shipping, industry, and hydrogen infrastructure are needed investments in the future of energy. Louisiana is already an energy powerhouse. These bills will allow Louisiana to continue to be a global leader. And according to Senator Cornyn, hydrogen is a versatile energy source, but we lack the infrastructure to reap its benefits for a wide range of industries. This legislation would help make hydrogen more accessible and cost-effective so businesses and consumers can utilize this reliable energy resource. Years of R&D and recent private investment have brought a number of hydrogen power technologies closer to commercialization, and governments around the world have financed expansive hydrogen networks to integrate it as a carbon-free fuel source. In the last year, hydrogen has seen a resurgence of interest in the policy community, and there exists significant momentum behind proposals to provide domestic federal policy support. The Bipartisan Hydrogen Infrastructure Initiative is comprised of three components that address high-value end-use applications and the build-out of infrastructure needed to transport, store, and deliver hydrogen, thereby providing critical support at multiple stages of the hydrogen value chain. The new initiative is focused on applications in energy-intensive sectors for which hydrogen is particularly well-suited, namely maritime and heavy industry, and the infrastructure that is needed to get hydrogen from where it is produced to where it can be used and stored. Priority is given to projects that will maximize emissions reductions to deliver the greatest environmental benefits. By lowering cost barriers and first-mover risks, the package enables projects and partnerships that will move the U.S. closer to meeting the demands of a robust hydrogen economy. The legislation included in the Hydrogen Infrastructure Initiative would A. Promote hydrogen, an ammonia-fueled 
equipment at ports and in shipping applications, support commercial-scale demonstration projects for in-use industrial applications of hydrogen, including in the production of steel, cement, glass, and chemicals, and C, create a Pilot Hydrogen Infrastructure Finance and Innovation Act which will be a program to provide grants and flexible low-interest loans for retrofitted or new hydrogen transport infrastructure projects. This bill also includes a study to address outstanding questions related to technical requirements for transporting and storing hydrogen as an assessment of jurisdiction over siting, construction, safety, and regulation for hydrogen transport infrastructure. So to anyone in the hydrogen industry, this bill is big and a very welcome bit of news. And what I'm liking from this is one, it being bipartisan, meaning it will have support on both sides of the aisle. And two, again, no discussion of any kind of color or where this hydrogen is going to be sourced. And while it's not a real surprise that senators from Texas and Louisiana are supporting this bill, but also two senators from New Mexico, which further solidifies that if you're looking for geographic locations that are trying to progress hydrogen infrastructure further, New Mexico is really vying to be that spot. And next, in an article from the New York Times, Roy Furchgott writes, Can hydrogen save aviation's fuel challenges? It's got a way to go. Small experimental hydrogen-powered planes are paving the way for net-zero carbon aviation by 2050, but the route is rocky. A fully fueled Boeing 787-10 Dreamliner can fly roughly 8,000 miles while ferrying 300 or so passengers and their luggage. A battery with the energy equivalent to that fuel would weigh about 6.6 million pounds. That's why, despite environmental advantages, we don't have battery-powered electric airliners. But aviation companies working to make cleaner aircraft are exploring the use of hydrogen, the world's most abundant element, to power both electric and combustion engines, and to make air travel more eco-friendly. Hydrogen-powered planes are already aloft, although mostly as small experimental aircraft. Yet those planes are helping to pave the way for net-zero carbon aviation by 2050, the goal set by many government and environmental groups. The hydrogen isn't without controversy. For now, it's expensive, not always green, and some say dangerous. According to Amanda Simpson, who leads green initiatives for the aircraft manufacturer Airbus, says, There are three ways of using hydrogen as fuel on board an aircraft. Hydrogen can be a source of power for battery-like fuel cells in hybrid aircraft or as combustion fuel. Alternative fuel technologies are well-established in the automotive world, of course. Cars can burn alternative fuels. Remember diesels converted to burn used french fry oil? Have been around since the earliest days of horseless carriages. And hybrid gas and electric cars, such as the Prius, have been available since 1997. But only a few models, including the Toyota Mirai and Hyundai Nexo, use hydrogen fuel cells. When Val Miftikov founded Zero Avia to develop electric aircraft, he first considered battery power. A Siberian emigre and physicist, his earlier startup converted gasoline cars to electric, then incorporated an improved charging system. But batteries can sustain only the shortest excursions, like training flights, where, quote, emission is an hour. Batteries might work, he said. Battery-powered trainers also exist, such as the Pepistrol Alpha Electro, which claims a one-hour flight time. Zeroavia instead chose fuel cells, which are essentially a chemical battery that substitutes lighter-than-air hydrogen for the weighty lithium ion. Hydrogen is notable for its energy density, the amount of energy per kilogram, which is about three times that of jet fuel. The byproduct of burning hydrogen is water. Hydrogen can be made from water and renewable energy, although most now is made from natural gas, 
which this article says is not particularly green. Mr. Mifkatov acknowledged that hydrogen storage containers, which were generally designed for ground transportation, were not practical for aircraft. He says, we need to focus on reducing the weight. We have some fairly low-hanging fruit. Unlike electric batteries, hydrogen fuel cells can be recharged in minutes, but there is a lack of fueling stations, and building them would be a huge undertaking. That problem is less critical for hybrid aircraft, which use a combination of electric and combustion power, said Pat Anderson, a professor of aerospace engineering at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. It can pull up to a fuel pump that exists today and fill up. Mr. Anderson's students used a hybrid system in a 2011 EcoFlight competition. They didn't win, but it sold Mr. Anderson on the merits of hybrid power engines, which he now builds at Vertigo Aero, a Florida company that counts Eric Lindbergh, an XPRIZE Foundation board member, and Charles Lindbergh's grandson as executive chairman. And speaking of aircraft safety, more recently, Zero Avia experienced a bad news, good news scenario when its hydrogen fuel cell-powered Piper Malibu Mirage M350 crash-landed last April. The good news was that no one was hurt, despite the plane losing a wing. Better still, with no fuel to leak and no hot engine to ignite it, there was no disaster. The hydrogen system itself all held up perfectly, according to Mr. Mifkatov. The emergency crew said that if there were any traditional fuels present, it would have been a major fire. But the big argument against hydrogen has not been safety but cost. Although green hydrogen can be produced with water and renewable energy, most produced now is from gray hydrogen, which is made using hydrocarbons, which is not as clean as burning those fuels themselves. Hydrogen proponents say that technological improvements and larger scale facilities could bring the cost down to a dollar per kilogram, the point at which it's competitive with hydrocarbons. Part of the Biden administration's Earthshot initiative has proposed a $400 million investment in 2022 toward reaching the $1 per kilogram mark within 10 years. So overall, a very uplifting article for the hydrogen space from the New York Times. And while I'm really not surprised to see the arguments that they're talking about on the gray versus green versus blue sourcing of the hydrogen, if we put that to the side, what they're talking about on aviation and using hydrogen fuel cells for that application is being seen around the world with very good results. And now some of the interesting alternatives to this are a lot of modular hydrogen units right now can also make Fischer-Tropsch fuels from either solid waste or hydrocarbons. And the nice thing to keep in mind about the Fischer-Tropsch fuels are that they are lighter per unit volume, but they're also more energy dense in that same volume. So planes can also fly farther on less fuel. And what that really plays into is the whole energy transition of moving away from traditional fuels, going to a Fischer-Tropsch fuel for current planes, and then migrating to hydrogen for fuel cell planes with the same equipment. And yes, there are already companies making these modular units and deploying them in the United States. All right, that's it for me, everyone. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about today's episode, come and visit me on my website at thehydrogenpodcast.com or email me at info at thehydrogenpodcast.com. I would really love to hear from you. And as always, take care, stay safe. I'll talk to you later. Hey, this is Paul. I hope you liked this podcast. If you did and want to hear more, I'd appreciate it if you would either subscribe to this channel on YouTube or connect with your favorite platform through my website at www.thehydrogenpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I very much appreciate it. Have a great day.